this is my podcast called Door Door NYC. I'm also on Instagram where I write prose and poetry and post photography that kind of complements these many thoughts. And today is the last episode in, I guess, this season of my podcast. I never really thought that I'll end up having 10 episodes <laughs> to begin with. That was never the plan, but here we are. And I think 10 is enough for a season and then I can start a new one. And it's, it's funny that the subject for this episode is, um, is the one that I chose. It just seems fitting, I guess. So I never really plan my episodes or, or even write them down like I did this one. I usually just use this stream of consciousness to create whatever is on my mind. Sometimes I have a subject matter and sometimes it just comes to fruition after the fact. But with this one, I felt that I need to mindfully give this one a little extra time and to dissect what it is that I want to talk about in this last episode. And it is because A, it's the last one and B, today is also a high holiday for Jewish people. That is our Jewish New Year. And even though I'm not ultra-religious, um, I do observe um, the holidays as mostly tradition. And because it's a new year, it also feels like it needs to be a new me in many ways. And in the last few months, and this past year actually, I've been going through a lot of transformations. Um, some of them stemmed from a lot of trauma and pain and some from challenges and circumstances and some just from life being life. And obviously the pandemic played a huge part of it, relationships, friendships, and my career. And there's a lot of things that I've learned in the process. There's a lot of things that changed me in the process. There's a lot of things that beg for a change in who I am, in how I perceive things, in how I want to present myself to the world, in how I present myself to the world versus how I come off. And in what is it that I really want versus what I'm comfortable with. So that's a lot. And I'll talk about it probably in the second season. But for this one, I, I listened to a weekly, a week ahead, I guess, horoscope the other day, or as my friend calls it, horoscopes. <laughs> and the theme for that week was exactly what I had in mind the night before in the shower. 
Yes, I think in the shower or I sing and sometimes both. <laughs> and the theme was closure. It's kind of fitting for the last episode. So end of the year and if I needed to do any closure, this is the best time. We actually celebrate Yom Kippur next week, which is the day of um, atonement and you repent for your sins and wrongdoings for people and you ask for forgiveness and then you start a clean slate. And the, the week between Rosh Hashanah, which is today, to Yom Kippur is the time of you basically asking for forgiveness and thinking about everything that you've wronged other people or been wrong and and the things that you don't want to hold on to anymore, worries, um, negativity, toxicity, tox toxic relationships, um, toxic you, aggression. And I've been doing all that for the last few months, so I feel like I kind of had a head start. And in any case, closure. Um, it got me thinking, what is closure? And how do we achieve it? Is it really possible to ever have a full closure? Does it come from within us, to ourself, with ourself, or from an external th source, whether it's a person or a relationship or friendship, work, whatever it is? And I was torn about this subject for quite some time. Maybe because I've seen so many relationships and, and how people handle them, whether it's my own experience or of others. And it reminded me that I once dated a man who was really heartbroken over um, a breakup. And he felt that he never got a proper closure with this woman. Or even worse, he, he was denied one. And I recall how painful it was for him. And in turn, because I cared for him, how it affected me. And this internal maternal need to help him get that. And I suggested a few ways of which maybe he could achieve it. But I realized that the other party would not grant him access or contact to connect about it. And it was hard for me to see him live with that void and without a resolution, especially for someone who constantly needs some sort of sense. And I spoke about it in the previous podcast, The Need for Harmony. So I could really relate with that sense of feeling of no closure, whatever that meant for him. And I carried this unresolved feeling with me, for example, after my late grandmother died. I was 12, and even though she technically sat with me right before she died, about a week before, and prepared me for her death. She knew it's coming. 
and alerted me for all that is about to happen. Um, even asked for her last wish. Um, I always felt like I didn't get a full closure. And it haunted me for so many years to come. Until today sometimes, uh, every time it is around her time of death, I, I have this internal conversation with her where I tell her about how much I missed her and where I am in my life and how proud she should be. But sometimes the other party is open to provide you with an access to address a situation and its demise. And I guess to allow you to get the closure you want or maybe that they want you to have. It definitely shows a lot of kindness and openness. But does it actually grant you closure? I think sometimes the answer is no. Nothing they would say or explain will actually give you what you need. No apology or explanation could give you a resolution when you have very different perspectives, ideals, and especially if you've been hurt badly in the process of this ending of a relationship. In such times, I believe that the only closure you could have is with yourself. Where you forgive yourself for the mistakes, for your shortcomings, for moments of weakness, for shame and guilt or for allowing yourself to blindly give your whole self in times where maybe you didn't get the same in return, for regrets, for moments where you felt like you lost yourself in the process in order to appease another person, sometimes even regretting loving someone so deeply and letting them see you fully exposed and allowing them to see all your vulnerabilities and at one point hurt you right where it, it is the most raw place for you. So sometimes whatever you're going to get is never going to be enough to satisfy your need for closure. And sometimes less contact or less conversation and less processing with another person is actually healthier for your mental state. But with that said, there are special moments where you do get to be able to sit face to face with someone whose relationship ended, but you can have a closure and maybe even reshaping of that relationship into something else, something healthier. I was able and privileged to experience that a few times in my life. 
It has to come, though, from a place of love and healthy understanding and a place of full accountability from both parties. It cannot just come from, it can definitely not come from a toxic relationship or any trauma-related experience. Those would not work usually unless a long time has passed and a person is in a place of full forgiveness and understanding and empathy. And then maybe you can have a conversation with that person. But most times the need for closure is pretty immediate in order to move on and move forward. And if you've experienced any toxic relationship or trauma related, um, ending, it's probably not going to work. But when it does, what happens is both people hold space for each other with empathy and a room to listen and be heard. It does take time. And you need to allow for it to take as long as it needs without rushing it or being impatient in the process. For me, that particular time, I think it took us weeks, if not months, of revisiting the conversation and being fully open to hearing each other until it felt complete. Completing the understanding of both sides, which for me means closure. And there was harmony and love still in it. Uh, I think it was also one of my biggest achievements in my life. And I'll forever be grateful to have been gifted a human being who wanted the same as I did. It is rare to have such closure, and I see that now. But it's not impossible. It needs to come with full intention and integrity and a lot of humility and grace. I honestly wish that on everyone who is going through changes in their relationships or friendships or even family detachment and disconnect because it really does make a huge difference in the healing process for all of the sides involved. And I wish that could be the same for every relationship that ended. But as I said, I learned that it's not always possible and it's not always the case. Another thing I have to say I learned in this process of thinking is that you cannot force closure on people. In most relationships that end, there's one party that has done the process of detachment before it reached the other party, whether it was consciously or subconscious level decision. And they've done the work within themselves to kind of come to an understanding of what is happening, how it's happening, and how it's affecting them, and why it should not continue. And that's something that naturally happens to many of us um, for the most part, we are aware of it. Um, sometimes we are aware of it a little bit later in the, in the situation, but 
many times we're aware of it and maybe struggle with the decision and wait it out until it becomes too much to bear or too difficult to carry on or it's just too painful or the feelings have just diminished and you feel like you're playing a role that doesn't exist anymore and that is hurting the other party who is usually maybe aware of the struggles but oblivious to the ambivalence of it. So we can't force closure on people if they're not ready to have one. That's, that's the first part because they need to grieve and go through their process before they can get to a place of acceptance, which the other party has already come to. We see a lot of situations where people get a divorce. And I'm taking divorce because it's usually more extreme and especially divorce after many years of marriage. And there's this whole process where over years sometimes one of the people is more concerned with their relationship and where it's headed and they kind of process the separation slowly until they get to the point where they either snap or they just make a decision that they can't do this anymore. But by the time they did that, they already processed it for a very long time. And when they reached with that conclusion and strength, because it takes a lot of strength, especially after many years, to their partner, usually that person is struck. And again, even if they know that the relationship was not healthy and things were not going well and it's been rocky and even if they went to therapy and and I see it everywhere all the time. A lot of friends are ending up in divorce these days at this age. One party's always more ahead of the process than the other. And the one that is hearing those words, we need to end this or I want a divorce or... This is not working. They're processing it for the first time. Even if they had the same thoughts and they felt the same way, they are now faced with a decision that was made for them and they can't do anything about it. And it's not just that it was made for them. The other person is not still going through the, not anymore going through the process of grief that they're just going to start embarking on. But they already done the majority of that work and maybe they're a little bit sad and it's not easy for them. It's very hard for them to do that, whether they made the decision or not was made for them. It's definitely not easy for both parties, but it's easier and that usually brings some sort of resentment against the other party of like, why are you so hurt? Why do you feel this way? You knew this is not working. We've discussed it for X amount of years or we spoke about it many times. You brought it up many times. There's all these conversations of like, why are you not in the place where I am when you were so aware of everything else that was going on? And it's not about the why, it's about the how. 
and it's about how it's ending. And I think in that one scenario that I'm very proud of when I think I got the most harmonic closure anybody could ever get. The reason it happened was is because both of us, even though we went through all of that work and grief and pain, and even though one of the parties was more shocked at the determination and decision-making than the other, there was still mutual grieving at the same time. And that allowed for a lot of vulnerability and resolution to take place together. The process was done together. And it wasn't done for them. And there was no judgment about how long it takes or why is this being their reaction or why are they taking it so hard as if it never hit their face. And that judgment can kill a person who still has feelings left. So we can't force closure on other people. And we can't expect people to process things the way we do. And especially if we are the ones who are ending a relationship, grace and empathy should really guide us. And some hand-holding, I, I sometimes am shocked at how I read from many people who had breakups that there's this sense of feeling of how did they go from loving me so much and so deeply to just nothing. And the answer is usually they didn't, but they took the time while being with you to come to that place while you were still actively, deeply loving them. And that's where it makes it for much harder way of finding closure. So what is my takeaway from all this? Oh God, I did write it down, but I'm still completely going off with my stream of consciousness there. My takeaway is that closure can come from many different places and circumstances. And there's no just one rule. But at the heart of it, I truly believe the closure comes from within. And if there is a healthy, open heart on the other end of it who is willing to engage ego-free and with all defenses down, all blame down, all, all rehashing of negativity, but truly focusing on the fact that there's another person in front of them that at one point they loved so much and the other person loves them so much, then maybe you can also achieve a closure with them and from that conversation. But otherwise, you should not rely on an outer source for closure as much as you don't rely on another source for love or compliments in order to bring up your self-esteem. All of those are bonuses 
But at the end, it's up to us to do that. Did I achieve closure? Um, I would lie if I said that I'm fully resolved. And more so, I'm not sure if I'll ever be fully resolved. But what I do know is that with every day that passes, I am less concerned with that and more in acceptance of my involvement, my contribution, and mostly forgiveness for myself for letting it stay this long or hold on to the pain or let pain control me for so long. I, I fought it so much, but at this time I'm, I'm just accepting it for what it is and every day gets easier and it gets better and it just means that I lived and loved and that is it. And with that, this is the last episode of my season. Tenth episode, closure. I'm closing this subject matter. And I hope to come with things that are a little bit more joyful. Um, and even not, if not, um, things that are true and honest to me and my life. And I hope you stay and I hope you connect and share and comment and and help me reach other people who might benefit from it. I wish you lots of love. Happy New Year from my family to yours. And new beginnings and a great transformation to all of you.